Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 132. I'm your host, James Shotwell. It's great to be with you again. My guest this week is one of our most anticipated conversations in quite some time. My pal Chris Freeman stopped by. He is a guitarist and vocalist and songwriter in the band Hot Mulligan, who hails from Lansing, Michigan, and currently has their debut album, Pilot, out on No Sleep Records. Now, if you haven't caught the Hot Mulligan wave yet, allow me to give you a little backstory. For the better part of the last half decade, Hot Mulligan has been making a very specific kind of pop rock, pop punk hybrid that borrows heavily from the emotional lyricism of bands like The Wonder Years and combines it with this loose, largely feel-good instrumentation that is just, for lack of a better word, addictive. You get a sugar high listening to this band, and it's not because every song is like positive, everything is good. There's actually a lot of depth and emotion, but it's almost deceptively so. They make music that you have to listen to a few times to fully appreciate because you have so much fun at first that you don't really think about everything heavy that's being addressed through the lyrics and through just the general motion of the songs as they move from track to track. This conversation hopefully you know, enlightens you a little bit to how that all works, but more importantly, it's going to tell you the story of Hot Mulligan, because right now the band is at a point that every band wishes they could be at. They had just wrapped up a short tour as direct support for The Wonder Years, one of the largest artists in their genre, and they're riding a wave of positive acclaim that has stretched throughout the year. Pilot is one of my favorite albums that I've heard in recent times, and you'll hear me tell Chris as much as this, but I didn't actually get into it too much on the actual conversation, so I'll tell you now. Pilot is the kind of album that will be appreciated for years to come the way we talk about Fall Out Boys Take This to Your Grave, or Mayday Parade's A Lesson in Romantics, or Man Overboard's Real Talk. Those albums defined a moment in the genre of alternative music, and they ended up influencing everything that followed. And I think that Hot Mulligan is that band for the next wave of big artists. And there are other artists out there doing this, like Jetty Bones and Home Safe, both of which get name drops here, not to mention Kayak Jones, who we talk about at length. But Hot Mulligan is something special, and I'm very excited to bring their story to you today. Before we get there, I do need to tell you a few quick things. First, this episode of Inside Music and all episodes of Inside Music are brought to you by Holix, the music industry's leading digital promotional distribution company. Now, what that means is that Holix works with record labels, managers, publicists, and independent artists from all over the world to discreetly share new and pre-release music without fear of piracy. To learn how they do this and gain access to a free 30-day trial, visit holix.com. That's H-A-U. L-I-X.com. I also want to encourage you to follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside Music Pod or Inside Music P-O-D. And following up on something we've been talking about for several weeks now, every episode of Inside Music is now available on YouTube. Yes, all 132 episodes, including the one you're listening to right now, are available on YouTube for you to stream, enjoy, and share with your friends. And it was no easy feat, and I really hope that you take advantage of this. So go on, look up Music Biz, youtube.com slash musicbiz. You should be able to find the show or just search Inside Music. Subscribe to the channel, and you will get all new updates delivered however it is YouTube does that. Now, before we get to the show, I do want to say one last thing, which is that the song you're about to hear is my personal favorite off Hot Mulligan's album which we talk about a little bit in this conversation. But again, you can buy Pilot right now wherever you buy music or you can stream it on all the major streaming platforms. This band is going to be around for a while and they are going to change your life. So sit back, enjoy the music, and then enjoy my conversation with Chris. Thank you so much for listening. So scared that you don't want me here in the corner. 
wrong in my head Pulling out the pages that I wrote for you Hoping you don't think that I'm dependent Cause I know the truth might be too much I'm not enough I'm always disappointed in the things I write Even when I speak it seems the words will never come up right Coping alone Just bring me home So hey man How's your day going? Decent so far. Decent so far? Yep. Have you done a lot of these before? I have in a few. Yeah? Yeah. How do you like them? Uh, it depends. Yeah? Depends on the questions. <laughs> do you Pressure's guys... on. Are you the interview guy in the band? Normally, yeah. Yeah? Because we'll do them if I'm, like, really not in the mood. Okay. Yeah. Like, was that an internal decision, or did you just kind of start volunteering? It just... I get the emails for it, so I'm just oh, okay. like, yeah, sure. So you're that guy. Yep. You're that guy in the band. Have you always been that guy in the band? Yep. Okay, since day one. Yep. I don't actually know, so let's go back to the beginning. Tell me, tell me how we get to Hot Mulligan. All right. So uh, I was playing in a reggae and ska cover band, if you could call it that. We covered Sublime, Real Big Fish, stuff like that. Okay. A little bit of Rancid, and Tades was in a punk band from like an hour away. Okay. We... It had no shows to play, so we like booked a show <laughs> at this really bad rundown theater. All right. And I didn't meet Tate's until we get to the venue. <laughs> and there's only one urinal. I have to pee. Tate's has to pee. And we're like, Dude, it doesn't matter. Let's just go at the same time. <laughs> so we shared the urinal, and then we're like, oh, sick. So we're friends. So then you're like, what's your name again? Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> and that's how we met. And then uh, I was playing drums at the time, and I was like, oh. I think I'm better than your drummer, so <laughs> we get along well, so let's just start our own band. Okay, that fast. Yeah. Like that same night? Well, no, I don't know if it was the same, no, definitely not the same night. We played a second show months later, and then okay. I decided, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do, because I was sick of playing other songs, and that, that band was writing songs, and we weren't writing songs, and I was like, well... I want to write songs, and he sounds like Soupy, so... He does kind of sound like Soupy. I want a pop-punk band. <laughs> now, when was this? This was my sophomore or junior year of high school. Okay. Yep. So how long has that been now? I don't actually know how old you are. I was having this conversation with uh, Brittany before you walked in. I was like, I don't actually know how old he is. Yeah, actually, I guess I was... I was 16 when we met and 17 when we first started writing songs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> five years. Now, how do you find the rest of the band? Um, well, it's come in many, many, many forms. forms. How do you get to where we are right now with the band, I guess? Like, how did I find who's in it yeah, right yeah. now? Uh, Even though you're still swapping out a guitar player on tour. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, our drummer, uh, he used to play in a band called Sun Suspension that yeah. I was a big fan of. I love that band. And They've uh, been on the show. Well, I mean, the vocalist was on the show once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, he's I listened to that. Yeah. He's <laughs> awesome. One of my good friends. Yeah. And uh, he ended up finding our music, and I saw him like share one day, and I was like, oh, cool. Well, let's be friends, because I like this. And he was like, well, I'm actually in this new band, Kayak Jones, and I'm like leaving Sudden Suspension. Mm-hmm. So let's play some shows. And he like sent me their first EP early. Yeah. It's like, cool. And then <laughs> we went on their first tour, our second tour, together. All right. We got along really well. He was a really good drummer. Hit it off. When uh, we did the Opportunities release tour, our drummer at the time couldn't come, so we were touring with Kayak Jones, so we were like, hey, how about you just fill in on the drums, and then by the end of it, we were like, what if you just play drums all the time, and make the next record, and uh, our bassist, Sniff, sent us covers through Twitter. 
<laughs> he sent us videos. Like, like okay. covers of your own songs? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So he was like a fan. He was a fan. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. How did yeah. you feel about it at first? You had to be like, this is a little strange. No, because he was like one of like 12 fans, <laughs> it felt like. So it was like, oh, cool. Wow, <laughs> someone wants to get in. So I don't know. The more you guys like get out there, even when I was in line in Cincinnati, and we'll eventually get there. Um, when I was just saw you guys in Cincinnati, I was in line to get in, and I heard kids talking about like your first EP. And I had a moment where I was like, there's no fucking way. I was like, I don't think I don't think they were listening from the first. Yeah, yeah. Or they're like, I like these guys since day one, and I was like, I don't know that that's true. I've only met a handful of people that can tell me day one stories, and I don't think you're one. Right. We didn't even tour until uh, after our second EP came out. Really? I think we played like three shows after the first EP came out. And you guys are you guys technically consider yourselves from Lansing? Is that what you claim? Yeah. Yeah. Even though you live around here, right? Yeah. Grand Rapids. Yep. So is. Does the rest of the band live in Lansing? Only Tate lives in Lansing. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that decision? Just uh, we, we were all there for a while. Like when I left high school, I went to college at MSU. All right. And I was like, all well, right. Tate, you got to leave the UP too, so yeah, we can keep the, the UP. Band yes, okay, that's like a, where we're from. <laughs> like Original. a Marquette band, like a Marquette kid. Uh, a little south of Marquette. Okay. Yeah. This is real deep. For Not Michigan. quite big Michigan enough. listeners like, are the only people that know where we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I went to MSU for school. Tades mm-hmm. moved down. And then Sniff moved to Lansing. Mm-hmm. And then we had Ryan in the band for a while, who still plays with us. And he was going to MSU, so that's mm-hmm. where we were at the time. We were just yeah. in Lansing. We practiced in a storage unit. Fair enough. And then now we're all like doing different things all yeah. the time. So now you're all. But. Uh, <laughs> So, so when does things start to take off? So you put out the first EP, you guys only play a few shows. Yep. Is Max Bar one of those shows? No. 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 How long is it until you play Max Bar? <laughs> we don't play Max Bar until August 2015. All right. Yep. That is, uh, we just, um, Brittany, who you just met, she just went to Max Bar for the first time. And I was like, it has always looked like this. Yeah. Like how it looks right now. Gotcha. It has never been nicer than it is currently in current 2018. Yeah, that's never great for me. Yeah, it's a weird place. Yeah. People listening, if you ever go to Lansing, Michigan, it is like the default punk club, I guess, unless yeah. you go to The Loft. Is that the other big club in Lansing? Yeah, but that's not new. That The Loft is awesome. The Loft I mean, is Max awesome. Max is awesome, too, but The Loft is awesome because it's like sincerely awesome, and Max is awesome because yeah. it's so shitty. And cool. Max is like the CBGBs of Michigan, where it's like every band's played there. Nobody yeah. is necessarily loves it, but we all everyone's been there. Yeah, everyone's been there. Everyone's been there. Everyone's like kicked a hole in the wall or seen a ceiling tile fall right. or... I um, I remember there used to be this grindcore band called See You Next Tuesday that I saw play their final show there, and they like broke tables in the room and stuff, and it was just chaos. That's a place where yeah. chaos happens. Yeah, it is a chaotic place. And yeah, and they have like their regulars. They got swords in there. I guess yeah. there's people who bring swords and the filthiest bathrooms covered in stickers you'll yeah. ever see. I don't like using the toilet there. <laughs> I really avoid it. I like rather go shit outside <laughs> than <the> next door. <laughs> That's so great. So when does the first EP come out? Time wise, what year? Um, originally it was November of 2014. 2014. Yeah. How long is Opportunities number two? Opportunities is three. Three. Okay. What's number two then? Two is Honest and Cunning. Okay. That came out in May 2015. All right. So that was a pretty short distance. Or maybe it was April. No, it was May. And then you guys hit the road after that for the first time? Yeah. We went on our first tour after that, that August. Actually, the look on your face right now from people at home is I'm, one of inquisitive. I'm really confused about... When you started going on the road? Yeah, our first tour was definitely, it was nine days long. We played five shows, and it was in August 2015. Oh, 
Ooh, so hot. Hot and sweaty. It was hot and sweaty. We had a van with no air conditioning. Mm, and there was, perfect. like, holes in the back of the van, so, like, the exhaust would, like, kick into the back. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. It was bad. That's first band, first tour story. Yeah. Like, 101. Yeah. <laughs> it was messed up. And you made it through without killing each other? Right. You guys don't seem like a band that fights a lot. You guys seem very tight. Am I, is it just you guys are at this point? Uh, I don't know... We're not, like, super tight. Like, we don't hang out all the time. Yeah, I see. I only ever see you in my life. <laughs> yeah, but we don't fight necessarily either. Ooh. Do you practice a lot? No. 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 Yeah. You, <laughs> anytime I talk to you, it's never like I got practice today. Yeah. No, we don't practice a lot because Brandon, Brandon's doing a lot with Kayak Jones right now. Yeah, yeah. They, like, just wrote and recorded a record and they're touring a lot. Okay. He lives in Iowa. So. <laughs> I forgot that he lives in Iowa now. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So what do you... We're getting all over the place, but let's let's keep moving forward. So second EP, and is that also self-released? That was through Savior Generation Records. Savior Generation. Yep. Great label. Great guys. Yeah. He's going to be on the show soon. I'm sure that he will tell us the story of like how he discovered you. I'm sure he will. Yeah? Yeah. Is it a good story? Well, I annoyed the hell out of him. Yeah? I, I messaged him on Facebook and like emailed him all the time. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Tony, like I really want some help. Uh, I have a band this is my band like please put something out and he's like no like I'm not gonna do that and I'm like well how do we play shows then because I don't know how to book shows he's like well I ask these people to play shows I'm like okay well I also need someone to get us t-shirts so how do oh I do that That's so and great. he just answered all my questions and then eventually he's just like fine okay 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 so what made you want to work with that label I found them on a blog my senior year of high school because I was like Deciding if I was going into music, like, as an education, because I had a scholarship to go to NMU, or if I was going to, like, try to do the alternative way. Mm -hmm. And I decided the alternative way, so I was like, all right, well, i got to find out, like, what's in Michigan. Like, I knew the Swellers and Fireworks. Yeah. So I went to this blog. It was called, uh... Man. Trying to remember it. Mid... No, it wasn't Middle of the Man. Yep. <laughs> it was something else, though. Anyways, like it like... a Michigan-centric blog? It was a Michigan-centric blog. Okay. And it had uh, Lawnmowers Whack Your Head EP on it. Mm-hmm. And I heard that, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I heard uh, some other band. I can't remember. <laughs> Jono was just on the show, and he was hyping up uh, SYG, and then uh, Sam from Copenaconic was on. They're on SYG right now. Yeah. So I feel like this is slowly just becoming a Tony fan account of a podcast. <laughs> it's all these Michigan people. Everyone knows Tony. Everyone's a fan of Tony. So he took to your band eventually. Yep. First, second EP comes out. Are you, you guys, do you guys still play stuff off that material? Rarely. Rarely. But it's fan favorite stuff because I see people post their favorite songs. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, what the hell is this song? I'm like, oh, it's. It's so old. It's a deep cut. Yeah. That'll wear off eventually. Like right now, it's, you're in that period right now where it's really cool to know those songs because yeah. like people don't know them. They're like, oh, what is Three Blue Cars? Like, ah, gotta get deep. Yeah. Gotta go deeper. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually, it, just people won't know them. Yeah. Yeah. And then it won't be, yeah. It'll just be something you don't play because right. no one knows. Right. Yeah. That'll be good. That'll be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so how long between EB2 and Opportunities? A year and a half. A year and a half. Yep. And it seems like, because I've listened to all of them, it seems like there's like kind of a, uh, like a nice evolution between those two EPs, because you guys kind of come into the form that you almost are now for yeah. opportunities. So like, what changes in that year? Is it just playing more together? We, yeah, we played together a lot more, because when we wrote Opportunities, we had everyone lived in Lansing, and Tate's girlfriend lived down the hall from me, 
So we would go to the storage unit like almost every day and practice and write songs. And, like a bunch of songs that we didn't keep. A literal storage unit? A literal storage unit. Like okay. Metal box. Yeah, metal box. Yeah. Super cheap. Yeah. Everywhere in the Midwest. Yeah. Okay. And so we just wrote songs all the time. And that's kind of when we learned to write. Mm-hmm. Good songs, or like <laughs> not that the old songs are bad, but like better songs, or at least like the songs that you kind of write today. Yeah, it's like the form that you take on. So what? I mean, I guess the big thing off that is "Dairy" is the big song off that. Mm-hmm. For I mean, for lack of a better word, big song. Did you know ahead of time that that was going to be the first like a big thing for you guys? Like, did it feel different? I don't know. It did a little bit. That was the first time. I felt like we really wrote the song that we wanted. Like, the, oh, this is what we're trying to do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That must be a magical moment. Yeah. Oh, really this cool. is it. Yeah. <laughs> now, how does how does songwriting work in the band? Is it you two working together? Is it just you? How does it go? It changes a lot. Okay. Sometimes I just have the song and it's finished and then I'm like, okay, and it goes like this. <laughs> Sometimes I have like just one guitar part yeah. and then we build off of it. So other, t- other times I'll have like a whole instrumental song fleshed out but I can't write lyrics to it so then I bring it to Tades mm. and then sometimes Tades and I will like be in a room together is there anything I guess um, about either of your styles that for people that are just listening to the music if the lyrics are kind of this way or that way you can tell that it's you versus Tades writing there's something that like he does that often or that you do often that you feel like it's kind of a sign like oh this is Chris wrote this uh, well if it has anything to do with weed Tate's didn't write it <laughs> I wrote it that's a great that's a good one that's um, a good one Tate's talked about body parts a lot in his lyrics yeah so if you ever hear like my lungs or yeah like my stomach that's him stuff like that yeah that's that's, that's him I guess the beauty is that you really I mean at first it does seem like one it, it has that that diary like take where it feels like you're looking into one person's diary but there is a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde to it, so it makes sense that you're both competing, but yeah. you gel it well together. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll, like, write a chorus, and then I'm like, oh, I don't... What happens now? And like, this is what happens now, and then it oh. goes from there, so... Okay. It's cool when we, like, come together on songs, too. And then, how long after that, before you guys start talking to No Sleep, like, how long is Opportunities out before Chris comes in? Um, two, two months. Two months. Yeah. So he jumps in pretty quick. Yeah. We, we release opportunities, and then we head out on tour with Kayak Jones again. and Some themes emerging here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, does, it does way better. Like People are actually coming and like singing the new songs. Yeah. And then No Sleep followed us on Twitter. Big we day. Like, I remember when that happened to me. <laughs> so yeah, Chris and I go way back. That's also, and it, it's fitting because like No Sleep was that label that picked a lot of speed up out of Michigan. And right. And made them a band everywhere. Yeah, now it's you, cool. Now you guys are that man. I remember emailing him like, "How do you know about this?" Because it felt like a Midwest thing, and I was like, "Where do you where do you get this stuff from?" Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's Tony. If if I have Chris on the show, he'll probably be like, "Tony got a hold of me, <laughs> had to show him." <laughs> Tony's got the ear. So, were you excited to work with him? Like when No Sleep pops in, or are you just like, "Oh shit, this is the next step possibly?" We yeah, we thought it was like the next step possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, we loved like the upsides. Yeah, a lot of spew. Major League was on there. Some huge launching points for bands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... Feels like the real deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, working with Tony was awesome, but this was, like... The first time there was, like, a substantial amount of money. <laughs> like, <laughs> or for at least record, for, like, or like, this kind of band, yeah. Right. 
No, I mean, I met I met Chris right after he started No Sleep, and I was in college doing radio, and he. Uh, I still have it in my in my in my other house, my parents' house, my other house. Like I'm rich, um, my parents' house. But uh, he actually mailed out radio promo CDs with like three songs from that first Wonder Years record on it. Like Get Fruit Punch told me it was on it, yeah. as if that was gonna get like top forty radio play. <laughs> But he mailed out, like, I remember he mailed those out before he mailed the Wonder Year, that first Wonder Years record out. And I was like, whatever you put out, I'm going to be crazy about. And he's like, well, I'm signing this Lotus Pew band. And I was like, fuck yeah, son. Cool. That's yeah, a big that's deal. Sick. That's a big time in life. Um, so how long until you guys start talking to Chris? Um, like, seriously talking to Chris. Does he approach you? Or is it more flirtatious? Like, hey, you yeah. should put out our record. I don't remember exactly. I know Nick Diener, producer... And said, like, well, you got to pick up this band from Michigan. And then then I think Chris approached us. He emailed us. Great. Yeah. Okay. And then it was, like, pretty, like, serious right away. We were talking to another label at the time, too. And I was like, well, we have this other offer. So, like. You got to choose. Yeah. That has to be fun. A fight fight over you guys before you even put out a full length. I don't think anyone thought that full length was gonna. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did you think like we'll sign and put out another EP, or were you thinking next record's gonna be a full length? Never. Next record's gonna be a full length. Okay, yeah. so you like knew what you wanted to do. Yeah. Going in. All right. All right. And you ultimately go with you ultimately go with no sleep, and then how do you land on Nick just being a fan of the Swellers and wanting to work with him that way? Yep. That's yep. a great answer. Nick's yeah. never done the podcast. I want him to. I talk to Jono so much that I don't know if me and Nick will get along because I get along with Jono so well, and I feel like everyone always knows one of the two. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was it like working with Nick? It was great. Did you pick his sweller's brain about stuff? I teased him a lot. Yeah. yeah. Every time I wanted to do vocals on Pilot, I would I would go, who's a young and angry sober, into the microphone because <laughs> he could like, hear it in the other room. And he's just like, that's good. Uh, <laughs> I make best I ever had jokes to Jono all the time, yeah. and they never find it so funny. terrible. It's yeah, so good. I don't. I don't find it funny when it happens to me, but I need <laughs> to do it to someone else. Well, at least you guys don't have song titles that fit into sentences very well. Yeah, it's true. So, like, what? Well, we should talk about that. Where does that come from? Is that just always been like how your brain works? It's just always. We never. We started naming songs by we didn't have a name for the song. Mm-hmm. So we'd close our eyes and type in something on our phone, and then whatever happened, happened. Like the predictive text of whatever it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that made, um, visited salmon. <laughs> I mean, trains a balcony. And you're just like, this is what we do and now. this was it, and then the other things were just, like, things that were said, and we're like, oh, well, that sounds like a song title. Some so deep inside Then it us. is. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever any pushback on, um... Michelle Branch song title just for marketing purposes no 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 Never was into it I, I don't know the first time I got when I got in advance of the record the first time I remember reading it I was like this is awesome but like how do you promote this <laughs> you just, what do you do here it, it does it it does it for itself yeah it just takes off I mean kids like that I mean like that's that old panic at the disco it worked for them it worked for Fall Out Boy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. not enough bands do it no I don't think every band should do it because that would get way too confusing yeah it's true but, like, a small amount is good. We did it at the right time, you know? Because mm-hmm. now, if it happens while we're stu- still doing it right now, then it's just... They're doing the hot moly They're just thing. doing our thing. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't start it at all. No. <laughs> but you kind of... You bring it we back. ripped it off, like, at the right time later yeah. on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Greta Van Fleet. Exactly. <laughs> um, I actually was listening to that record before you walked in. It's weird it's a it's a, it's a good time they're good they're really good they're good band super young super good yeah 
have a lot going for him right now. Yeah. I would hate to be... I'd rather be where you guys are in terms of getting exposure and blowing up right now than where they are because they're, like, playing Elton John's private parties. I'm like, how do you... What is the ceiling? Where do you go from here? Like, you guys yeah, have a lot you... of room to explore and, like, build. Yeah. It seems like they're, like, you have to be an arena headliner or nothing. Right. Um, before we get off opportunities, what is the story of Deluxe Capacitor? Because that seems like one of those songs that, like, like Dairy is, like, another notch or step forward for you guys in terms of exposure and what people are talking about. Right. That's how I enter your band, is somebody sent me Deluxe Capacitor, and I was like, what is this Gin Blossom song? <laughs> Because um, that's what it reminds me of. Every, especially the full band version is very like '90s alternative yeah. kind of take on it. Um, so where does that song come from? Like, it's what is the story there? Uh, well, clearly I, you wrote it because it opens with a weed reference. It does. It, it, it opens <laughs> with a weed reference, so it's mine. Uh, well, I hadn't written a song in like months, probably since okay. we'd finished Opportunities originally, mm-hmm. which was like way earlier in 2017. No, 2016. 2016, yeah. yeah. we finished it early 2016 and it had come out till late 2017. And then months after it came out, I like picked up a guitar again for the first time and I found some chords I liked and then I had like a trip home to see my parents for like a weekend or something. I just like got bored of being in the house, so I like went and drove around to see all the places I used to drive around at, and mm-hmm. I was no, just felt different yeah. to be back home after a while, and then also write songs like where I used to write songs. And that's what comes out. Yeah, and that's what came out. And it's and, and so what's the decision to bring it back for the full length as a full band version? Was it just people liking it so much, or did you always want it to be a full band song? We always wanted to be a full band song. Okay. So when we found out we were gonna re-release opportunities through no sleep we didn't want to just like re-release it so we wanted to add a song but we didn't want to add a full band song mm-hmm. so we added an acoustic song that would have been a full band song <laughs> and it worked out that we do later yeah and yeah it just worked i mean i was really excited when i saw it on pile i was like that's a smart move because that was the one that kids were kind of sharing that and dairy but it was like if you don't like dairy here's this other idea right that kind of represents what you guys do so well and structurally it's one of your most one of your most i guess a traditional song in right. terms of how you guys write music. You don't write a lot of like verse, chorus, verse, chorus songs. Right. But that one is very much like a straightforward bop. Yep. It was verse, chorus, say. verse, chorus. A lot of songs on Pilot are like that. I yeah. Like, but they didn't used to be. Oh, yeah. Not always that way. Let's, uh, I want to go through some of the songs. Um, tell me about Alexa, you're not involved in this. Um, we'll talk about Armadillo's shells since that's the one everyone kind of gets into plus it's it's got the bop to it right. so what where's the song come from and like is that your idea going in as like this the beat to it and everything no well actually we only had 10 songs going in to record pilot <laughs> so we recorded yeah, all 10 yeah. right yeah. right and then we needed an 11th so we're like well let's just take a few hours and try to write one in the studio mm-hmm. and i came up with like the opening like chord progression and stuff. Yeah. And it was supposed to be a heavy song, like Three Blue Cars. Like, okay. I guess not heavy, but like heavier for us. Mm-hmm. And then Nick came downstairs after letting us jam for a while and he was like, you just did this 10 times. Yeah. So let's do something different. Yeah. Okay. And we're like, all right. And then from like that moment on, I think Brandon was like, yeah, like electronic drums, like this is it. And then I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. And then 
we started like piecing it together. Yeah. And then it was cool. <laughs> it was, was not cool. cool at first. At first, we're like, this song sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? And then it was the one. And then it, now it's the one. Now it's like, the you one. You guys close with it. Yeah. Yeah. As dude, was it immediate when you put it out there to the world that that was the one people kind of gravitated towards? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would say we did that one with the music video. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting video too, which we'll talk about in a second. Right. But like. No, that's that's one of the first songs in the record that jumped out to me. Maybe just because of that, it is it almost has like that say anything element to it, where they use digital drums out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, this is right. different. It's exactly the same, but it's different. It's different enough that you want to kind of bounce around to it. Right. And you seem to have a lot of fun with that live. Yeah, it's really fun. Nice break from like the craziness of it all. Yeah, a little, more, a little bit more fun and upbeat. It like grooves more, I guess. Than yeah. The other cool. songs, I'm like, yeah, 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 and that one, I'm like, yeah. You get to slow down. <laughs> yeah. You get to breathe a little. Yeah. Catch your breath. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, you guys led with that record Michelle Branch was the first song you put out for that one or was it Slam Dunk? Michelle Branch Michelle Branch yeah. and soundtrack to listening to Slam Dunk yeah. which I imagine is something you said to each other as an inside joke no I don't know that one just came into my head and I was like this is really funny that is, I mean it's funny yeah. but it sounds like it's the kind of title that you're like there must be a story there I still think I heard it somewhere before because okay. I must have there's no way I'm that creative that I like, <laughs> says the principal song there's no way I don't know I don't think I I must so have good. seen it somewhere before, maybe in a different phrasing, but right. I I thought that when I thought the thought the first time. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so I like, tried searching it on Twitter, like maybe I saw it on Twitter, and I were, there was nothing. So I'm like, okay. All right. Fine. How about Pluto is never really a planet either, Evan? Where does uh-huh. that, that come from? Uh, our friend AJ, he's okay. got a solo project named Bogues. He would say um, either even a lot okay. after things, even. and Pluto wasn't a planet. <laughs> it's true. No, it's true. No, that's. I think that. I mean, I, 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 I know you saw me tweet this the other day, but I think that that's my favorite song on the record. But it's in a way, it's like Armadillo Shells, where it is something different than yeah. every other song on the album. And it's it's like, I would say that it's your most serious song, almost in a way. I don't know. Like structurally, it feels more serious than a lot of the songs. There's right. a lot of fun to be had, and that song is just like. No, we're a little sad right now. Yeah. Well, I, I wrote that one after I was listening to Motorcycle Drive by by uh, <laughs> Third Eye Blind a lot. Okay. I'd listen, I'd like listen to it every day, like in my car in a parking lot, for no good reason, and I just feel it. I'm like, oh my god, this is the best song ever. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's fun when a song has that like it builds and builds and then kind of explodes the way that that right. song does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I tried to do. So then you wrote a song that explodes. It wasn't as good. I don't think it's, it's definitely not nearly as legendary as Motorcycle Drive. There's a lot of lungs in there, so you didn't write all the lyrics. Right. I didn't write any of the lyrics for that No, one. just the no, music? You come yeah. in, okay. Just the music. You're like, I need a song. I need this to explode. Yeah. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I don't want to talk about all the songs down the, all the way down the line. Do you have a title that you personally love? A title that I personally love? Oh. I imagine you either get sick of them or you, but there's one that you always find that kind of makes you smile because you're like, that one's fun. Like the song title itself? Yeah. Let me take a look real quick. <laughs> sometimes I don't remember them all. No, I mean, they're a little long, and sometimes I went... It's just sitting here, I was like, maybe I should pull up these song titles before I say something that's really dumb. Yeah, I don't know. off. <laughs> I really do like How Do You Know It's Not Armadillo Shells. What does that come from? We had an after party after that Opportunities tour. Like, after the first show, I think. Yeah. And... This guy was there. The show was like Hot Mulligan, Belmont, Kayak Jones, I think. And uh, no one knew him. He didn't know anyone at this party. He hadn't heard of Belmont or <laughs> Hot Mulligan. 
He wasn't. He wasn't talking to anyone. He had. Uh, he was asking people to smoke out of an orange, and listen to Suicide Boys <laughs> in his headphones. Like he could share an earphone with them, even though there was music playing over the PA. Great, great. So we all go to sleep, and we wake up in the morning, and he's still there, and he's like the only other person there. And we ask him what his name is. He turns around, stares at the wall, doesn't say anything, leaves for ten minutes, comes back, sits down, says, "You know what I've been thinking about lately." We're like. What? <laughs> and he goes, paper, how do we know for sure it comes from trees? <laughs> and we're like, like we're pretty sure, we, like, you know, they, te- they teach us it comes from trees. Like, I don't make it, but I'm then, like, pretty is, sure. That the next sentence out of his mouth is how do you know it's not our window? Yeah, that's <laughs> his next sentence. That's what he says next. <laughs> and what, do you just stare at him blankly for a second? Like, what do you do? Yeah, you stare at him blankly for a second, and then you go... All right, well, uh, we got to leave for tours, so you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, man, totally. Yeah. Really, I don't know who he is to this day. <laughs> but he gave you this title. Yeah. You know, somewhere out there, he's like, I said that to them. Maybe. I don't think, he has no idea who we are. True, true. He doesn't know where he was. <laughs> he must have been tripping on something. He was weird. That was really weird. That's a good one. That's probably the, I mean, that might be the best story you have for one of these titles. And he wanted to smoke out of the orange, too, even though there were, like, bongs or bowls anywhere. He could have grabbed her papers. <laughs> he insisted on the orange? He insisted on the orange and listening to Suicide Boys in his headphones. Oh, but my just, God. Just him and you. That's you amazing. Only side. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about the video. We're just working our way down the line up to present day. So let's talk about the video. You, obviously, we talk about why that song kind of stands out to you guys, but the video is pretty unique terms of like what a video can be and like all the message you're trying to get across so like whose idea is it Tate's Tate's yeah I mean that makes sense yeah he's kind of in it yeah <laughs> I wasn't even there you weren't even there no none of us were there <laughs> he just did it and then we had the video back all right and he's like and then there's gonna be all this text over the top of it at first his original idea was well I'm gonna be walking and there's gonna be red and blue lights okay all right you didn't and ask. that was it I was like no, we were pissed. Like, me and Brandon <laughs> were like, what the fuck is this? What do you mean? Red and blue lights? Because, like, we never, like, tasked him with something like that before. Like, yeah. I did the last music video, and he does this one, and that was his idea he came to us with, and we're both like... What? This is fucking stupid, but it turned out cool. It works. It works. Yeah. It's fun. Um, okay. And, and obviously, you run with the idea. Who made the video? Just to plug it. Michael Herrick. All right. Yeah. I like it. Our guy. Are you guys doing another video? Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Yeah. Do you have a song that you'd like to do a video for? Uh, Mr. X. Good old Mr. X. Really? That'd be a fun one. Okay. Do you have an idea? Yeah, I do. All right. How much of it is a performance? Zero. Oh. oh. Yeah. Ooh, now you have my curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> I've asked that question on the show before, and people be like, well, I see us performing in a, insert, abandon something. Right. <laughs> well, I guess... Yeah, no. No performance. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, no instruments or anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, that's fun. That's fun. So, Pilot comes out. How do you, I guess, going into the album release, like, do you think it's going to be anything at all compared to, like, opportunities? Do you feel like stuff is building? We were told it was going to be really awesome. <laughs> By Chris? Chris didn't say that much about it. Chris, <laughs> Chris just lets us, like, do what yeah. we want with the music. He's like, cool. Okay. But our manager Corey was like, "It's gonna be, it's gonna be sick." It's gonna be sick. Our booking agent Jason Parent was like, "Yeah, it's really good. This is gonna work out." Like, okay. Yeah. Cool. And then we put it out when we were on that Knucklepuck tour, 
And at first, like, when we played, like, Chicago, it was really cool. But it had been cool for a while, and then a lot of the other shows were like, oh, no, we don't belong here. And then, like, after a couple weeks, like, a week of the record being out, it was like, okay. Kids knew. Wow. Okay. That was fast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I felt, when I first heard the album, I was like, this. I, I don't know. It's weird. I've been doing this for like a decade now, and when I first heard the record, right around the decade mark of having started writing, I was like, this is going to be big. And I think I even tried to tell you guys as much, and I was like, it's so awkward to like tell somebody that I think their album's going to be big, because I don't want to like, A, explode your ego, which is not the kind of person you are, um, or B, say that, and then it not work out, and you'll be like, this guy fucking told us <laughs> that it was going to be the next blah, 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 and here I am, broke and not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still broke, but... You're still broke, but I mean, you're going to be broke for a while. That just right. comes with the territory. I'm still technically broke. Um, so, so, like, a week goes by, and you start to notice, and then does the online start to pick up, like, interactions online, or tweets, or followers? Yeah, after that... Like, on that tour and after that tour, we started doing good tweet numbers, even with just, like, Dumb stuff. terrible posts. And, and the memes. Yeah. Like, the hot, hot meme-agains are very interesting, as I like to call them. Yeah, right. Um, what, like, that isn't you guys. Like, you guys just have this audience that does this. Yeah, they just make them. So, like, what do you think is, what do you think is the secret there? Like, how do you guys get this audience? I've always, like, I'm so curious, because there are a ton of bands in the genre that you guys exist in that don't have this weird following that you guys have. And it's rabid, but it's also just weird because some of the, the memes are so crazy. Right? right. So, like, where do you think it comes from? Well, I think, like, we're kind of like that and we, like, put ourselves out there like that. So it's inviting. Yeah. You know? I don't think you take, like, a very serious band and, meme them and up. do that for them and they'd probably look at it and they're like, uh... Okay. Cool. That makes yeah. sense. We look at it, we're like, haha, this is funny as shit. Retweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, no, when I honestly, my first thought, and I could probably scroll back in my tweets and find this because I texted it to Chris. I was like, you have something so special right here. And I was like, I don't know what it's going to be. And I don't think that the, the whole alternative scene as a whole isn't where it was in like the mid aughts when bands would drop in these big debut records and people would just like go absolutely ape shit. But I was like, for what this scene is, like, this could be the next big insert. I'm not going to, like, just drop albums, but I dropped a lot of very big emo albums. Right. <laughs> and he was just like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think so. And I, then the memes help it. But I think it also keeps you guys lighthearted and it makes it possible for you guys to kind of get bigger without people being like, well, they're not that serious. Like, the fun, like, you have this sense right. of fun to what you do all the time. Yeah. Sometimes I don't like that. Yeah, you want people to take it a little more seriously? Well, I don't know. I've been changing my mind back and (laughs) forth a lot lately because all of it, like, felt more immature before it mattered. Yeah. And it was just, like, easy to... Be silly about it? Be silly all the time because all of it was stupid. We shouldn't have been going on tours. We should not have... (laughs) We tried, like, a full U.S. tour one time before we were ready. We shouldn't have been doing that. No. (laughs) <laughs> we shouldn't have been doing anything that we were doing, but then it, like, worked, and it was, like, all a joke, but now, like, now we should be doing what we're doing. Yeah. How do you so, rectify the two, in a way? Right, I don't want to necessarily have this big joke, like, looming over it. Yeah. Like, oh, they're a joke band. Right. You don't want to be that. Yeah. But I don't think, I mean, it's weird, you're, it's so strange, like, my first experience with, I don't, do you have a name for your fans? Have you gotten one yet? No, we don't. We definitely gotta like figure this out. Uh, we didn't even ask. Where does before we get there? Like, what is what does the band name come from? I had an art teacher 
His name was Mrs. Mulligan, okay. and her daughter was Hot. Hot Mulligan. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's... It's, uh, I like that. That's as easy as it gets. It's as easy as it gets. Uh-huh. It's simple. <laughs> I mean, well, with all the song titles, people would just probably just assume that it's like some big elaborate in joke. Right. Which I guess it is kind of in a way. I mean, <laughs> no one else know. No one knows the stories until I tell them or we yeah. tell them. Yeah. Yeah. You're the keeper of yeah. the secrets. But they're not like huge jokes that like made us like roll on the floor laughing. It's all very casual. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to now we have to take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then you guys, so what tours do you do immediately following? You do that tour right after pilot, then what has happened? You guys just did this one year's run, but before that, what did you guys do this year? We toured with Home Safe. Home Safe, yeah, And yeah. Jetty Bugs and Heart Attack Man. And also Boston Manor, Home Safe, Free Throw. Mm-hmm. And Safe Face. All bands that are in a good place right now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Do you just one of those runs you really love, and you know, feel kind of special to you? All of them. All of them? Yeah. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah. Look at you being professional yeah. as shit right now. All I really love that Home Safe record. I love all those bands. I think Jetty Bones and Home Safe and all those groups are really like on the cusp. Yeah. You guys, it seems like you guys are all exist in this weird, like, I don't want to say like a new scene, but it does seem like the next wave of something that's right. kind of starting to boil over a little bit and get more and more exposure. Jetty Bones being out with the early November. You guys just wrapped up the Wonder Years. You're about to go out with Trophy Eyes. We recorded that album in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. Some people were like, we gotta lock ourselves away in a basement, and they were like, nah, Thailand. Thailand. Beach in Thailand. Power move. Super. I wanna do that. Like, <laughs> we go somewhere crazy. Imagine that call with Chris. Hey, I know we're gonna do our next record. That'd be sick. <laughs> call him right now. He probably wouldn't answer. No. He'd be like, I have children, man. What do you want? Yeah, true. <laughs> Alright, so then, was it... Was it kind of full circle to get that call to do the Wonder Years run then? Since going into the beginning of Tades, you're like, he sounds like Soupy. And then here's yeah, Soupy being was, like, come out with us. That was the full full circle moment. Yeah? Was but, it weird? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Because I'd like seen the Wonder Years a few times like in high school. Mm-hmm. And I had only met Kennedy before. Yeah. And I just, I like, some people use the word punishing. <laughs> I don't like to use it, but I would say I punished him hard. I'm like, dude, you are the best drummer oh, yeah. ever. I like took a We've all been them. guilty. We are all it was, guilty. It was crazy. And then by the time I ever met Dan, I like met him as a human and mm-hmm. not like an idol. Yeah. And it was just like casual. And then I was like, three years ago, I could not have done this. <laughs> I, I don't get know. that. I get that. No, the first time I met Dan, I was definitely a, a quivering-lipped fanboy to just be like, you're really, how are you so good? <laughs> yeah. Like, so you wake up and then what happens? Like, how does, how's it live in your version of reality that's right. so wonderful? And like, how do you do this? And then he, he has a really good way of like, he's very good about taking that in and then still treating you like a normal, like he, right. he massages you into being a normal human being again. Right. He's like, no, we can just talk to each other. You're like, oh. Really? Are you sure? <laughs> I'm not even sure that we're both humans, technically. I think you are, and I'm <laughs> developing as a person still. <laughs> yeah. So then you get the call to go out with them. It's just a short run, but it has to be like, this is crazy. Yeah. And the crowds must have been good. Yeah. They were so, awesome. And Brandon uh, Pagano was selling merch for the Wonder Years for people that weren't just out right now. Right. was telling me that the band had never played Washington, D.C. proper before, so that must have been cool for you guys. To, yeah. You did a Wonder Years first with them. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't even our first. We'd played, that was our third time playing D.C. Yeah. Thinking we'll play it for a fourth again this year. <laughs> so we'll do it four times this one year, and that was their first. 
Yeah, you got one up on the Wonder Years. Yeah, that's that's it. the only that's one. The one, up. <laughs> that's the one that you do see more than you guys. So it had to be. They're such they're such good guys. But is it? Do you feel like you learn something watching them play every night? You take something away from that performance, other than that you can have six people on stage and it all makes sense and sounds good, and you don't run into each other. They just have. Like they had put on a show, you know. Yeah. Like we go on and. It's loose. It's kind of similar to like how Modern Baseball yeah. was a band. They would go on stage and it wasn't necessarily a show. It was like they're just playing their songs and yeah. being them. And that's kind of like what we do. The Wonder Years like put on a show. And I like to try to ride the line a little bit, but sometimes I'm just awkward, so I don't do anything. I, I mean, I, I love them so much for watching that. Their current, what they're doing right now as a set, it's like... I know that they're playing less shows because there's the baby coming in band's life and all that jazz, but it's also just like, as it has how emotionally taxing playing the upsides every night would be versus playing their last three records right. every night. It's just like, dude, that has to just take it out of you after yeah. a while. Plus the stories. I remember hearing, um, actually, uh, we just talked about this on uh, the Lost episode of the podcast for people that are listening. Um, there was a period when I know that they and a few other bands on Warp Tour one summer decided that they had to stop doing meet and greets because, like, shit just got too real. You know what I mean? Like, kids... Yeah. There's a difference between kids being like, your band saved my life, and a kid being like, here's the razor blade I used to cut myself with. Yeah. And I don't do that anymore because of your song, and I want you to have it. And it's just like, okay, well, we can't... I can't do that every day. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. I don't think anyone's gonna be like... <laughs> Is it even... <laughs> How do you know it's not Armadillo Shell saved my life? Here's the news I was going to use. Like, that would be kind of emotionally yeah. taxing for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't enjoy that necessarily. <laughs> I mean, it's so complimentary, though, right? Like, you, have, you feel good, but, like, what, do, what can you give them beyond... Right. You've done what you can do. Right. You're not a savior. It's harder if they ask questions, like, if anyone asks you... Like, what it's about what, and stuff? What they do. Yeah. Or, like, they, like, give you, like, their life story and, like, ask you what you think you should do. And I'm like, I'm lost too, man. You're like, I wrote this shit because I don't know what to do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the answers. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys get letters and stuff? Or at least messages, I guess? We get messages. DMs. Yeah. People slide into the DMs with some heartache and you're like, ah, okay. Yeah. That has to be weird. You know what I really mean? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Weird is maybe not the right word, but like different I guess challenging in its own way it's not it was never expected you know I never yeah. expected to get a DM <laughs> saying like your band just really got life. me through like a hard time nowadays we get like it's like half like I'm so sad like I don't know what I could do without you and then the other half is like how can I smoke with you <laughs> <laughs> sometimes from so, the same person <laughs> I'm sad, but I think smoking with you would really pick it up for me and make everything a little bit better. No, I get that. Uh, but I think it's important that, because I think as artists and people that are kind of, I guess, curators and things like that in the industry, like, people forge this relationship with you because they connect with your art in a way that somewhat you intended, but they also make it their own thing. Right. They're like, this song means this to me. And then they come up to you and they ask you and you have to, like not say, well, it's just some dumb idea I had. You know what I mean? Or like, I wrote this song in five minutes, I actually didn't think it through that much at the time. I'm, uh, I'm glad it changed your life. Like, right. It has to be like a weird responsibility. I don't know. I feel good about people liking the songs because I wouldn't put out something that I didn't think was like worth it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. 
That run of shows it ended in Cincinnati. It was a fun show. Did you like that gig? Yeah. There was this moment when I walked in. I was curious. I really wanted to see you guys outside of Michigan because I know how kids here treat you guys. Right. And like this is where the hive mind of Mahat Mulligan thrives. So I saw you guys at the Loft earlier this year. Um, that was a great show. Yeah. And like that was very much that's playing to your crowd. Right. Um, so driving down to Bogarts, you had told me earlier in the day that you'd had such a terrible show there before. Which is yeah. great, because I was already five hours into driving to see you guys, you're like, our last show here was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard, and I was like, man, you invited me down here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you guys get on stage, and credit to the openers, the sound and the color, and I'm going to mess up their name. Who was the second band? Super whatever. Super, yeah, super whatever. Who was great. Fantastic set. Yeah. Kids were jamming. But then, but from my perspective in the audience, like, kids were just talking, like, as soon as I walked in the door, kids were talking about Hot Mulligan. And it's weird to kind of be the fly on the wall listening to people talk about that stuff. Yeah. I like it because it tells me, like, what to write in the story, but also, like, that I'm on the right path with, like, I think this is what's happening in music right now. And then to hear kids, right. you guys are setting up, and I hear, I'm, I'm literally listening to the girl in front of me turn around to her friend who's like, who is this band, Hot What? And her friend's like, oh, my God, you're going you're gonna to love this band. Like, she's, <laughs> like, she's selling, like, a trailer to a movie where she's like, right. this is going to happen, and they're going to do this, and I hope <laughs> they play this song. And I was just like, this is so weird. Like, to and her eyes were just so excited. And you guys get on stage, and I there's a moment that I wish I had ca- captured. And I think Bryce probably captured it as a photo, but, like, false start into dairy, which is captured forever, which was amazing. Right. <laughs> so good. I never even put together how similar those two beginnings were until that happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess they do have two songs that kind of start. Bangers are made a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great. False start. But as soon as that track kicks in, you get that first crowd swell of the night. And I caught on your face, especially, you were just kind of like, oh. Like, there was yeah. a moment where you're kind of like, oh, shit, this, is, this works this time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what was that like? What is it like for you when you play a city that maybe didn't react the same way in the past, but then this time they're like, oh, we give a shit now? Uh, a city where that happened before. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah. Now. It's really starting yeah. to come around where you're yeah. like, oh. But I wouldn't, I don't know if there's any that have ever been that bad where like our first Cincinnati show was well, that like was really a top bottom. three worst shows really we've ever played. Was it at that same venue? No, okay. no, no, no. It was <laughs> no. like some weird bar. <laughs> it just didn't work out. No, it didn't. It wasn't good. We were all mad at each other. We got in a fight. Um, but then this show was like immediate. I didn't expect anything. I just walked up. I'm like, all right, well, here we go. I'm gonna play the set and I'm gonna leave. Yeah. And then it was like, oh shit. And then it was cool. <laughs> kids, kids really cared. Yeah. Kids really cared. Is that, like, I don't know, is there a moment where you guys get off set and you're just like, that went better than we expected it to? Yeah. Because we're just like, oh shit. Other yeah. than when the kid got hit in the face with the drumstick. Well, normally we just, if it was like better than expected, we look at each other and we just nod. Yeah. And we don't talk. That quiet, like, like, we're yeah. like, cool. Worked out. <laughs> is the van ride silent? <laughs> Mostly, yeah, it's quiet. <laughs> Who drives in the van? Everyone? Yeah, but I I try not to as much as possible. Yeah? Yeah. Do you just not like driving? In no. The van? No, I don't like driving. It feels tasking now. I used to like driving. I used to love driving. I would drive for like three hours just to drive. Yeah. And now I hate getting in a car. <laughs> I got in my car before I came here and I went to the gas station and I was at the gas station. I was like, oh, do I really need to go drive that far? And I decided I was going to. I appreciate it. I really contemplated like, how far do I have to drive? <laughs> it's only like 20 minutes. 
from where I was. That's the syndrome of waking up in a van too many times. Yeah. You get over it oh, real fast. I hate being in a car. <laughs> Speaking of, and then you guys have this tour coming up soon where you can wake up in a van forever. Yeah. When does this Trophy Guys run start? November 14th. November 14th through? December 18th. Oof. Yep. It's going to be cold. Yep. Real cold. And then, well, it starts and ends in California. So the, the we're going to like route a few shows out there and then... Probably none on the way back, but then <laughs> there's going to be, like, another show late December, but here? before Christmas. Okay. Not here. Right. I can't talk about it much yet. Okay. So when it's we're done with like, this, we will talk about yeah. it. <laughs> so it's going to be, like, I'll maybe go home for a day, and then I'll go play that show, and then go home for Christmas for, like, three days. All right. Maybe and I'll stay up there a while. I don't and know. How is, uh, how is 19 shaping up? 19. 2019. Next year. Good. Yeah? Yeah. You busy all year already? It's going to be a weird year. A weird year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very sly. I yeah, like it. It's going to be weird. We're gonna, is there new music in the future? Who's to say? Who's to say? Uh, Are you wor- have you written since you fucking put out the record? I've written, but not necessarily for Hot Mulligan. Okay. Like, I've recorded a couple of solo songs. Ooh. But. Do I see the light of day at some point? Likely. Yeah? Do you yeah. have a name for your solo project? No. Just Chris? No. Just Chris. Just Chris. Just Chris. (laughs) Single mulligan. That's exciting, man. And you're... I talked about you. I I always hate putting you on the spot about how well the band's doing because you... you, I was explaining to my girlfriend earlier uh, that you get a little sheepish when I start to talk about it. I can tell that you're, like, not 100% comfortable with it. But you you have this really good ability of letting it roll off your back where you'll just be like, yeah, it's cool. It's it's fine. I'm like, are you... kidding me right now what are you talking about you're like, yeah, it's, it's whatever do you try not to think about it yeah just do it like no one gives a shit well I feel like on the on the knuckle puck tour when it first started like shaping up I was like wow this is really sick and I was like so hyped and then like, I feel like I let myself like get into it get off the rail yeah yeah like, you don't want to buy your own hype too much or anything? yeah yeah I yeah. don't know and then I'd like see videos of like myself being really excited on stage, and I'm not, it didn't, wasn't bad necessarily, mm-hmm. but if I see myself acting like that, and I don't feel that way in the moment, then I think I'm an idiot, <laughs> and I start thinking about it too much, and I really just try not to think about what I'm doing as much as possible, because I can go do it in the moment, but as soon as I think about that I did that, really? then I don't like myself, and it feels really weird. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta lose yourself a little bit there. Yeah. You're doing a good job at it, man. Things are going so well for you guys, and it makes me really proud, especially being from here, I guess. I feel like there's always that one Michigan band, and you guys kind of have that energy right now. So yeah. like the whole state behind you. You got that Rust Belt adoration. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. It's, it's fun. Like, for you, do you feel like the band has, I guess, like a message you're trying to get across or like something you're trying to instill in people? No, not necessarily. No, just what we just make of it. want to be our own favorite band, okay. so we just write songs. Currently, like, are you your own favorite band? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say I have a favorite currently. I haven't had a favorite in a while. Okay. Yep. What, what is Chris listening to in his free time? Mm, I really like uh, the Rocket League soundtrack. <laughs> That's a good soundtrack, yep. though. It's uh, a dope soundtrack. And then I usually listen to whoever we're about to go on tour with. Oh, so that Trophy Eyes records, though? Yep, I've been listening to the Trophy Eyes record a little bit. But I always just put them on play, and I don't know any of the songs. Tony Record, Seaway. Yeah. 
Sea Ray album's really good, too. I listen to um, Trash Stains by Microwave, like, religiously right now. Okay. But I was listening to that before we got this tour announcement, or, really? like, tour offer. Are you a, are you a vinyl guy? No, no, not really. Not really. <laughs> I have... I have four vinyl records. I have the Manton Street 7-inch by The Wonder Years. Good one. I have those first two Pet Symmetry songs. <laughs> I have uh, the Citizen Turnover Split right. and Home Safe's... Damn, I can't remember the name of the record. It's not one. It's the one before that. The one before the Home Safe record? I assumed you were about to say and then our records. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do have our records. <laughs> yeah, but I, I give them all to my dad. Okay. Yep. Is he the vinyl guy? Or you just he's just that dad that has everything? He's just the dad that has everything. My parents have that drawer yeah. in, in their house that I hope now I never have to go through myself. I'm like, yeah, just have your museum to me. I'm, I'm like, stoked because I never see all of it. Okay. So, like, when it's done and then I go back home <laughs> and I see it, I'm going to be like, whoa, I did that. That's cool. <laughs> well, let me ask you this before we wrap up. What, uh... It's been such a big year for you guys. Like, what is something that you haven't gotten to do yet that you really hope you guys can do? That seems like within reason, obviously. Not like, we want to play a stadium, but like... I want to go to Europe. Really bad. Yeah. I keep seeing that online. Yeah. People really want you to go to Europe. They ask us to come. (laughs) They're asking for it. We're trying. I want to go. It is expensive to send a band to Europe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but what they do is they all tour in, like, one bus. Yeah. So... Sounds nice. Like, I'm not going to push us to go to Europe on our own and then lose all of our money yeah. and be really sad when I come back home. I'll, I'll wait until someone wants to bring us and then we'll go. And <laughs> we probably won't make much money, but like that's the way to do it. Just go out with someone bigger first. But as long as you don't lose a ton of money, right. it's worth it. Like, I would lose money to go. Yeah. It's not about the money, mm. but it's like, I can't, we can't, like, just can't afford to go on our own. <laughs> so we won't. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> right. That answers that question. Um, will we see more Hot Mulligan headlining shows in the future? You guys are in this perfect spot right now where you're doing a lot of direct support and such. Yeah. So. We have three in October. Yeah, three in October. You want to plug those? Because this will be out maybe today. Yeah. Uh, we're playing... Here, let me look at the flyer, actually. I do want to point out that you pulled up Spotify to look at your own band's song titles. Yeah. I like it. Are they at least saved to your phone? No. No, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) No. Love it. Um, I know you're playing Columbus. Yeah, we play Columbus on... Oh, it's loading. October 4th at Big Room Bar. And then we play Raleigh, North Carolina on the 5th. And the Hoosier Dome in Indy on the 6th. That Raleigh show, that's emo night. Yep. And you're playing with two other bands, and there's three DJs. And one of them is Craig Owens of Shiotos. Yeah, and Adam Lazara. And Adam Lazara taking back Sunday. That's going to be a weird night. Yeah. Like, very strange. We will pull out a taking back Sunday cover. Ooh, do you have one? No. You guys are a band that could do one. I could, yeah, obvi- we could do obviously. One. Yeah. I mean, funny. it's in the it's in the artists similar to that I see a lot of people recommend them. Just because there's two two people that sing doesn't mean that every that is band what is. It is. It's just like every female pop punk band is kind of like Paramore. See, you like I, Jenny Bones? Uh, oh, you must like Paramore. God damn, I hate that. I hate that the reason so I love two vocals is because Man Overboard. Mm. Like Taking Back Sunday is cool too. But I think that shows but your age more than it shows. Oh, it does definitely. Yeah, it definitely. Like that's just a generational thing. Man Overboard was like my first real show. Really? Yeah. Who all was on the bill? Mayday Parade, Stages and Stereos, and Cartel. Hot show. It was the Glamour Kills Tour. <laughs> yeah. Also dates that when you say the Glamour Kills Tour. Yeah, true. 
Wow. Yeah. I actually, Man Overboard's Real Talk was one of the records I mentioned to Chris and the first Mayday Parade record, because that's how I feel about Pilot, where I was just like, kids are going to love this album this way. And they do. It's weird. But I like it. Yeah. I'm proud of you, man. People always hate those band's second records, though. Um, largely across the people hate most second records. Yeah, for this sad. genre particularly. Yeah, that's terrible. Does that terrify you? Uh, no, because even if it's awesome, they're gonna hate it anyway. And I feel like I feel like in time we've all come around to the second Mayday Parade record. There's some bangers, but it they tried to make an album that sounded like their first album without Jason, right. and it just didn't work out as well. Yeah, so as long as you don't it... kick out one of the guys between now and then, or you and Tate stay getting along, I think you'll be fine. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely won't wake Pilot too. That's not the move. <laughs> Is there a ballad in your in you? Like it a real be, ballad? See, I've been. I don't want to just write like normal four chord songs with guitar and drums, and that's yeah. it. I want to like play some piano and. Do you play get piano? Freaky. Not really, but I can. You can figure it out. I just I can't really play guitar either, but I know how to write songs. <laughs> so. Fair enough. That is spoken like a true genre person right there. Like, I don't know how to play any of this stuff. But we, we get on stage and music comes out. I know how to write songs. I don't know. I'm oh, not man. much with instruments. Um, real quick, how can people follow all things Hot Mulligan? Is it just Hot Mulligan on everything? Yeah. I don't imagine that's a name you had to fight for on no, the social media not. network. It's just Hot Mulligan everywhere. Okay. Okay. And people can follow the show at Inside Music Pod. You can follow me, James D. Shotwell. And then you should also follow Oxcord FM, this new thing I'm working on that has a video where I used your music without your permission, so I, I appreciate that. Oh, that's okay. It doesn't matter to me. You're going to just sue me for it? It's Chris fine. Chris will sue you. I just used the first, like, 30 seconds, first five seconds of the song so that I could roll it into Bad Bad Baby, which is my kind of mashup. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just does the so scared that you don't want me here, and then it's high pitch, high pitch, yeah, high pitch. Respect. Yeah, respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I tweeted at you guys. I was like, thanks for letting me use this without your permission. I think you'll approve of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you for coming by. Uh, thanks for doing the show and people go see this upcoming tour and the Trophy Eyes tour is pretty much everywhere in North America you guys are going all over the country right? yep you're in Detroit in December I believe St. Andrews I think yep yeah yep so cool we'll probably that'll probably be the next time I see you other than when we hang out so right I'll see you in December <laughs> cool yep sounds good thanks so much Another friend said, marry me. Well, unknowingly, signing away the life he wanted. I'm glad none of our parents stayed together. I hate to be a bummer, but I'm three more beers from calling your cat. So I can sleep to shake this dread. I won't wake you up unless you ask if I am okay. Pulling out the pictures that I wrote for you. Hoping you don't think that I'm dependent, because I know the truth might be too much. Not enough I'm always disappointed in the things I write Even when I speak it, the words will never come out right